Okay, uh, the intro music kind of cut off, but here we are. Um, we are uh, on episode 42. This is of Stone and Clay. We have a lovely guest today, Leticia. Leticia? Leticia. 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 I, I have the nicest <laughs> Leticia you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> it's true. She's fairly <laughs> Caucasian. Um, yeah, Leticia and I go way back. Way back. Um, probably a solid decade. Yep. Haven't really hung out since. <laughs> I know, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, we, um, it's funny, we actually met in a, uh, an ethics and values class. I remember that. Do you remember the teacher's name? I, I don't even want to say it. Oh, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. It was, m- it was Mrs. Gooch. Oh my gosh, right? that poor lady. And oh. she, she, yeah, like, she wasn't a super pleasant woman. No, she was terrible. But we at least, I think you had a friend in that class. <laughs> I had a twin sister. I had a roommate. So we made it fun. We made it a good time. Yeah, yeah. But she yeah. was like, yeah, if you're going to have a teacher named Mrs. Gooch, like that's who she was. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Sadly, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was wild. And, <laughs> and it was, a uh, it was this weird required class. Yes, it at was. At UVU. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and the I, book was crazy expensive, and we I remember I split it between three people, <laughs> and I think she wrote it, I think. Oh, I'm sure she oh, did. I'm sure she did. And it wasn't like, um, I don't know, it was a very, like, it wasn't philosophy. No. It was literally, like, ethics and values. Yeah. <laughs> Which she just, I think she just kind of, like, made up the syllabus and just talked about what she wanted to talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Much. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, well, what have you been up to the last 10 years? You are a wife, a mother, <sighs> an inspector of teeth. Yes, yes. My, my daughter, she is two and a half, and she, every day I go to work, she's like, Mama, she says to everybody, my mama snuggles teeth for a living. I'm <laughs> like, that's close. Yeah, so I'm a dentist. Okay. Yes, so, or I snuggle teeth. Okay. Um, so I went to dental school up at the University of Utah and graduated there in 2017, and then I did a year residency where I went around Utah and um, I like worked at an Indian reservation. I worked at like community health clinics at the U Hospital, being mm. an emergency room dentist. And I did that for a year. And now I'm a general dentist at a practice in Cedar Hills called okay. Lexington Heights Dental. A um, little plug for me there. If you guys need a new dentist, <laughs> right, come and right. see me. Yeah, if you got rotten teeth. Yeah, come see me. If you need your teeth snuggled. Yes, then come to me. It's, it's kind of a, right a holiday special. <laughs> um, this episode 100% is going to be titled The Tooth Snuggler. Tooth Snuggler. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, just trying to get some new fans. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right. Yeah, so I have two kiddos. One's two and a half, Rosalie, and then Ronan, he's one. And then my husband and I, we live up in the Heber Valley, and yeah, we're loving it. Nice. How how did you meet your husband? Oh, I don't even I don't even know if I like want to say this. We met on Tinder. Is oh, good. Well, it's not. And Is it me, not embarrassing? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, you're talking to like a perpetually single person, <laughs> so like to me, I've done I've done so much dating that like nothing is weird Nothing's or cringy or. Yeah, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've done it all. This was back in 2016, though. That's fair, but but here's the thing. Um, Tinder, when it first came out, was like everybody was on it because it was novel. Right. It was like the only dating app, right? Right. right. So it doesn't. It didn't have the stigma that it does today. Right. Um, right. And listen, I'm still on Tinder. I usually just don't hang out with anybody on Tinder. <laughs> Are you there just to 
like talk to people? No, I'm there for the the diamond in the rough. Okay. 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 Um, just because I'm like, you know what? Why eliminate uh, another source of possibly meeting somebody? But for the most part, they're not usually my kind of people. So back when I was dating, that was the only one out. Right. What does everyone use now? Um, so in um, in the LDS community, the mutual is a big one. See, they haven't come out with right, that yet. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but still, I always tell people like a lot of people are on dating apps but don't really use dating apps. Yeah, that's you know? what my husband was. I was his first, I don't know if this is true, but I was his first Tinder date. Mm, yeah. And he's like, I just talked to girls on there. And I'm like, but why? Like, why did you do right. that? Right. I mean, that's not like, it, that's not really my MO. Like, if I match with you and message you, like, my intent is yeah. to hang out with you. Right. Right. right? But um, <laughs> the problem is a lot of girls, especially, they're on the apps and they just get overwhelmed, especially mm. if they're really cute girls. They right. just get a deluge of messages and then they die and <laughs> never respond to anybody. <laughs> and yeah. so oh. I, to me, like, my dating app that I use the most is Instagram. Oh, is it? I mean, you know, it's not technically a dating app. It's right. just to me, that's like my dating profile. Right. Everyone can see what I'm about. Right. And I have a lot of content, so I don't, I'm not like a guy that has like three blurry pictures. Right, right. You know, right. so if you're on my Instagram and you're bored and you're looking around for a while, like you can, you, you can, get a good idea. you can figure out a lot about right. me. Right. And so to me, that's like the best way, um, do you remember the good old days of like, my roommate has a friend that you might know. Do you want to go out with him? No context, <laughs> right, no right. pictures, and you'd get set up on this blind date. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I remember doing that all the time, and I remember thinking like I would have guys that I would just have, like I didn't know, pick me up at my house, and I look back and I'm like, what was I doing? It's like border pretty dangerous, maybe. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, it's. It's funny, like now the idea of a truly blind date is horrendous. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's no way. I got to see what I'm working with. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, there were actually in that era where we knew each other, I met a girl that I dated for quite a bit <laughs> that was pretty darn blind. It right. was like my buddy was like, hey, this girl I'm hanging out with, it's her friend. Right. And I was like, well, cool. Like, let me see. Right. And he's like, right. oh, like, here's your name. Look her up on Facebook. And, you, Facebook. and you know Facebook. You got, yeah. you got 10 <laughs> pictures of when you were 13 and yes, then, like, yes. a picture your aunt tagged you in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I was like, okay, she looks cute, you know? And so I rolled the dice, and yeah. she was really cute in person. But, yeah, for the most part, uh, that do not work very well. No. Yeah. No, and I did it all the time. <laughs> I look back, and I'm like, how scary. I had these guys didn't know picking me up I knew no context and now everyone like you said you get the whole Instagram profile you get to see like hundreds of pictures yeah. and I, I think it's a lot safer now right but well and for me like because I've been in the valley a while I'm older like usually if like a girl starts following me on Instagram and we're chatting it up like usually the odds are we have friends in common right right and so they can kind of <laughs> you know check their references right you right, know, right. Um, whereas, yeah, if you if you're a guy that has Instagram and has four pictures, no friends in common, it's kind of 10 followers. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's kind of scary because my little brother was talking to me. He's 21. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Latisha, dating has totally changed. You have to have 4000 followers or you're not dateable. And I was <laughs> like, you're not. What? Like, what? Like, this is real life. And so things have changed so much. So 
I don't envy you. It sounds hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm past four, so I'm chilling, but, <laughs> but some, like, yeah, some people out there are struggling. <laughs> no, it's funny. I, um, the, the, the truth is with dating, like no matter what you do, uh-huh. you're going to attract some people and you're going to repel others. You yeah. know, like my, my roommate for the longest time, he's about my age and he didn't have, he had never had Instagram Oh really? and he would get very positive and very negative responses because I think it's positive. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of girls are like, Oh, that's cool. Like you don't care about those type of things. And then other girls are like, what? Like, why? like yeah. yeah. Why? And like, I can't like, I can't stalk you. <laughs> I can't, I can't like show my friends yes, pictures of you. Yes, uh-huh. I don't know what you're up to, right, you know? Right. And what are you hiding? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there, yeah. there are pros and cons and, um, bless his heart. He, he caved and got one, but, um, <laughs> is it helping? Um, you know, you could make an argument for both. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is hilarious. Yeah. We met on Tinder back in 2016 and the funny thing was, is we matched and I was like, we started messaging and he seemed really nice, really good looking. And I was like, kind of seems like a tool. Mm. Evan, I love you, but you seemed like a tool. Just <laughs> what, what was, what was tooly about it? Uh, I don't know. He was like posing with his truck mm. and I think he had a fish picture. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have a shirtless one? No, no shirtless okay. <laughs> one. But, you know, so I was like, <coughs> excuse me. I was like, he seems a little toolish. I don't know. And so I never, he, I gave him my number and mm-hmm. we started texting and I never, he asked me out and I never, I ghosted him. Yeah, yeah. And um, about six months later, um, I was back on my app because you always say you're going to be off. And sure. Back on. Yeah. And I just I just don't delete them. I'm <laughs> not I'm not lying to myself. I just keep them on the phone. You just keep it up. Yeah. So I deleted it and I got back on and I was swiping and I saw this cute guy and I was like, oh, swipe. <laughs> and uh, I gave him my phone number after we had been talking for a while and he texted me and up pulls this like old text thread. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I've given my name to this guy before. Yeah, yeah. My number. And like the elephant in the room when we went on our first date was like, do we like talk about this or do yeah. not we didn't bring it up for like three months oh that's so funny but yeah he was like why didn't you go out with me the first time and i'm like oh because you look like a tool <laughs> did his profile improve um yeah it improved a little bit no fish pictures mm-hmm. no truck pictures yeah. um still lots of outdoor pictures he's very outdoorsy so it's interesting that we ended up together because yeah because you're very indoorsy i'm very indoorsy <laughs> and so it's actually been really good for me he taught me how to ski oh cool he's taught me how to snowmobile so yeah. it's been really good for us because you're like a very without knowing you super well right you're a very classic like girly girl I right was. like I, I still am right yes but okay. when i met you you like wore high heels everywhere <laughs> Right? I did, yes, yes. Like, you and your sister looked like you were just always on your way to a ball. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it, which was not like the time. Like, the time was very grunge, so I look back and I kind of, like, cringe a little bit on the <laughs> side that I'm like, I thought I was, like, being cute, but in the, like, I, I bet a lot of people were like, that's not the style. So, right. you look back 10 years ago and you always cringe, but you're like, huh, Right. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the truth of the matter is, like, when you're, when you're cute, like, Guys, just they do, they really don't Doesn't care matter. that much, you know. It yeah. might help your case a little bit right. if you're super stylish, right? Um, like I like to date, like, I, I love clothes and style and stuff, right. and right. so I like the girls that I date to kind of be on the same wavelength, right? But it, I don't like it's not going to deter me, right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean, right? Right, right, right. So if their shirt doesn't quite match their pants, <laughs> it's gonna be okay, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it, <laughs> but um. That's rich. So, yeah. so you're a little more uh, 
a little more outdoorsy now. A little more outdoorsy. Yeah. And like, yeah, so we do a lot. Like he's taking me shooting. Mm-hmm. We've gone snowmobiling. And that was one of the things that I was, I wish I would have been more open when I was dating. I remember being in my early 20s and being very narrowed in on like what I wanted. Yeah. And I wish I would have been like more broad because I look back and I'm like, I probably missed out on some like really good experiences. Were you like that at all or no? Um, are you kind of narrow still? Are you kind of like, she's no. got to be like brunette and she's got to be no, this? No, no, I'm, I'm very like, I don't know. I have a very physical type, Yeah. but, um, but there's like, there's no shortage of those girls. Right. Right. Um, but I don't really care about like hair, hair color or right. like height. Um, actually I don't love tall girls. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's, is funny cause you're like six three. I know it's weird. Um, like I'm fine with the girl that's like above average, like right. five eight, five nine. Yeah. But much taller than that, I get a little. It's not like I'm uncomfortable. I'm just. It's just not my jam. It's just not your thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I get that. I just like to feel like I'm quite a bit taller than her. Which is fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. You no, know? I. It's I, just like short girls. Just <laughs> just because they're five two doesn't mean they want to date a guy that's five six. Right, right. I had a guy once. I remember I was at UVU and he I, he came to the door and he was. I think five, six, mm-hmm. and I was wearing heels. And he was like, can you change your shoes? And I was oh, like, gosh. but these are the only ones that match. So, <laughs> but anyway, yes, yeah, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough look to be the same height. Yeah, I remember okay. being so, like, narrowed that I had family members. And in Utah, in your early 20s, and you're a female, they're like, what's wrong with you? And outside of Utah, it's not like that. Yeah, but yeah. in Utah, you feel like there's something wrong. So I people say you're being too picky. Right. And so I listened to, I can't, I can't even remember where it was, but it was somewhere I read or listened to that they said you can have three things that you can have that are absolute absolutes. And mm-hmm. so... I was like, okay, I'm going to come up with three absolutes. And my three absolutes were, he's got to be motivated. I don't care what it's in, but he has to be motivated in something. Yeah. And the other one was core values, like core, core values have to be similar. Yeah. And then the last one was good chemistry. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I could find two of the three, Mm. but never all three. Mm. Like a guy that had the same values and maybe like was very motivated, but you were trying to like talk yourself into like, like being attracted to them. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you were attracted to them and similar, similar values, but they were living in their parents' basement, Mm. not very motivated. We're going to come up with an app maybe in the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I felt like I could find two out of the three, but Mm. never all three. Until I met my husband. And then I realized there should be a fourth. I feel like a sense of humor is really important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if if it's important to you, it's very important. Right, you know, right. some people are just robots and don't need a sense of humor, I guess. I feel like you got to be able to at least laugh with the person that you're with. Yeah. Because life is so... Life is hard. And if you're with somebody 24-7 and you can't at least laugh about the hard times, it's going to be a hard life. <laughs> oh, totally. I, <laughs> you know mean, what I mean, for me, like, whether I am or not, like, I consider myself a, a halfway funny person. <laughs> yeah. And so if I'm dating a girl and she doesn't laugh at me, like, a lot, like, yeah. we'll see you later. Yeah. You know? Right, and right. I, it's not like I fancy myself a stand-up comedian or anything. Right. But, yeah, it's just... That's that's how I connect with people is totally. by laughing and, right. and and having a similar sense of humor. Even totally. if there's yeah. people that probably think I'm the furthest thing from funny, but yeah. those aren't the type of people that I would really get along with. You could watch a movie and you both would find it funny. Like yeah. you have the same sense of humor in like 
uh, media. Right. You know? It right. makes that a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Me. Yeah. So. I met Evan and he had all those things and I was mm-hmm. like, there has to be something wrong. Like, right, right, right. Like, there's something like this can't be real. So yeah. anyway, it's back. funny. Me and my, I had a buddy and this is a little more crass, but we, <laughs> he, he would joke around that there's, there's three things that oh, he really? needed. Okay. Yeah. And uh-huh. that it was the same thing. Easy to find two, yeah. impossible to find three. Impossible. Right. Impossible. He's like, he's like, all I want is a girl that is super chill. Yeah. Who what looks does chill mean though. Um, We'll circle back. (laughs) A girl that is super chill, a girl that looks great naked, (laughs) and a girl that is spiritual. Okay. Right? And, you know, all these these big things that can encompass a lot, right? You know, um, but... Okay, yeah. What What does it mean to be chill? I feel like every time a guy's like, but she's got to be chill. I'm like, that just means you want a girl that doesn't, like stand up for what she believes in. To I mean, me. I right, know, right, right, right. Well, <laughs> it, it depends, right? Um, to me, I just um, am a very, like, low drama, low, um, like, I, I don't like arguments and confrontations. And some people, like, that's just part of life, right? They're right. going to be like that with whoever they're with. Totally. Um, that's just not me. So I need a girl that's not very irritable, mm, not very prone to drama. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a girl that's like really emotional, yeah. right? I'm pretty emotional. I cry probably more than <laughs> a lot of men. Um, I tell my dad all the time because he's like, women are emotional. And I'm like, men have emotion. What is the most, to me, the strongest emotion I have is anger mm-hmm. and I've never seen a man more angry than at video games. So I think men are more emotional. That's my opinion. Right. Well, I think I think men I think men like associate the word emotional with like being sad or being like um like unreasonable. Okay. Right? Um and I'm also not very prone to anger. Right. Right. So I can't like if I'm hanging out with a girl and she kind of has a quick temper or something i'm like uh see ya can't do this yeah i just just it's not enjoyable to right, me right 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 um and it's not like they need to fix themselves because some people they don't they don't mind it because they totally. they have a little snip in them as well <laughs> right right um but yeah every guy has a different definition right what what he okay. thinks is chill and and some guys are imagining a girl that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and that never has any emotions ever right just um, goes with the flow all the time <laughs> Never and never says no, yeah. everything's great. Never has a period, never 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 wants him to stop playing video games. Exactly. Um, My husband pulled that out once. He's like, I thought you were chill about video games. <laughs> I'm like, ah <laughs> So anyway. I thought you were chill about playing them. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I always tell girl no, I don't always tell them this, but <clears throat> I, I wanna advertise that I like never play video games. Never. I ju- it's just not my thing. <gasps> like, I played, like, a little bit when I was, like, probably, like, age, like, not, like, 10 to 13. Okay. But, um, yeah, like, we had a couple systems, but we never had more than, like, a handful of games. Mm-hmm. And then... Mario Kart, you never played that? I, I mean, I, I played it, but I played it, like, at a friend's house and okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um... And then I was big into like Game Boy. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I I played some video games, but then like 
post high school, I like never played. Never played. See, I never and did and all my close friends weren't huge gamers. Mm, yeah. And so I just I just never got super into it. And and there are a lot of games that I would still enjoy today. I'm not like against video games. <laughs> I just Yeah. I, I mean I have trust me I have my own ways of wasting time, <laughs> you know. But um it's, it's just not your thing. It's just not video games, yeah. Right, right, right. Um I mean I've had I had a roommate literally flunk out of college because yes. he was just he was playing probably like fourteen, sixteen hours a day. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I remember I was pretty serious with a guy. This was probably Almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's the same guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, and he told me that the longest he'd ever played was two days straight without sleeping. And I'm like, why would you tell me that? Like, keep that, like, to yourself. Yeah, like, tell you the know, bros that. Not me. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, that sounds a little sketchy. Yeah, yeah he so. was, my roommate was in a cycle where he would, like, he would basically play until, like, six or seven in the morning and then he would crash and then wake up whenever two uh-huh. two in the afternoon and then play through the night again and basically we would just see him when the dominoes came to the door <laughs> <laughs> we all we've all had the <laughs> weird roommate in college that like never came out of their room yeah and I like look back and I'm like college years man you just wonder what like what they're up to now you know right. I had a roommate once that never left her room and um, you j- I, I think she came out like twice the whole semester and you're just like, I hope she's okay in there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a roommate from my <laughs> first semester of college after my mission. Yeah. And I think his name is Robert. You don't even remember? But I was only there with him one semester and yeah, I probably saw him two or three times. And that was it. You know, yeah. the occasional like, oh, he's like, cause he had like a bathroom in his room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. had a little like mini fridge in there. And so oh, man. it's funny looking back. I'm like, I lived with a guy and have virtually no memory of him. <laughs> he's basically a ghost. <laughs> oh, college days. The same girl that didn't leave her room. She came to me at the end of the semester and she was going to BYU and she was like, I need your help. And I was like, what's going on? She was like, well, I've been turned into the honor code for selling marijuana. And I was like, she's like, can you vouch for me? And I was like, I don't know you. (laughs) I've I've only seen you three times. And she's like, but like, does our place smell like marijuana? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay, well then can you vouch for me? And I was like, okay. So I go to the BYU (laughs) honor code office and I'm like, she seems like a great girl. I've never seen anything. (laughs) I've never seen her. Yeah. Never seen her. And they came up to me after she came up to me afterwards and she was like, Hey, thanks for lying for me. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah, she finished uh, off BYU, even though she sold marijuana, yeah. which, whatever. But anyway, so I you can't vouch for roommates you never see. Well, she played it off well by not telling you until after the fact. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> oh, gosh. College. Good days. That's Good great. Days, yeah. um, let me ask you, how was, um, you said you did some, was it volunteering or you worked out on like a reservation? Yeah, yeah. Where, what reservation was that? So it was at Montezuma Creek kind of down by my husband and I, we live down in Blanding. Mm-hmm. You know where that is? Yeah. yeah. So we lived there and it was a little over a month and we went down. So lived in Blanding and I commuted out to Montezuma Creek every day. It was mm-hmm. about a 50 minute drive. Is that in Arizona or Utah? It was in Utah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we go out and it was the Navajo reservation. And um, it's really sad because they get free work there but yeah. they don't ever come until they need an extraction and mm. so 
lot of the time we're doing root canals and extractions just all day long from 7 in the morning to 7 at night. Um, but it was a really good experience because... Because they have basically free health care. Right. 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 Pretty much like the basics yeah. is what they got. And um, anything over that, they got a discount. And it was really hard because I went there and none of my assistants would look me in the eye because mm. they didn't trust me. Right. And so I worked for a whole... So you were like month. the only white person there? Uh, um, there was two other doctors that were, but they that was their full-time gig for the last three years. Yeah. And so they developed a relationship. Yeah. And they sent out every resident. So I did a year residency after dental school, and they sent out every resident for a month. And so when my month came, I was just like starry-eyed. This is going to be great. I'm going to make all these friends. And yeah. I go down there, and I'm in this reservation that's in the middle of nowhere talking to these people that speak... Navajo. I speak no Navajo. Yeah. Seven to seven every single day. There's no windows, and they only had Navajo music on. And I'm like, can we <laughs> listen to something else just yeah. for a couple hours a day? And they're like, nope. So I listened to Navajo drumming, like native music, for twelve hours every day. And wow. <laughs> it was wow. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but it was very lonely. But it was a very good experience to see what these people went through. Yeah. A lot of trials that I just like didn't know. I'm naive. I'm from Sandy, Utah. Yeah. Grew up in Utah. And, like, getting out of my, like, little Salt Lake, even, like, Utah Valley bubble, like, seeing what these people go through, like, the alcoholism, the abuse, mm -hmm. all these things, I just was so naive to it. And it was really good for me to, like, get out of that bubble. Yeah. And my husband was like, can we live here? He loves dirt biking. He's like, mm -hmm. landing's the best. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. But right. anyway, it was a really good experience. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I wanted to talk about this because I, I read this article the other day that was talking about how high sexual abuse is yeah. in re <coughs> in reservations. Yes. And, mm -hmm. like, I think most people are kind of aware that alcoholism is, is a huge issue there as well. But right. I didn't realize that, yeah, so many just sexual assault cases. Yeah, um, yeah. Why Why do you think that is? Did you Did you talk more with, like, your coworkers, or did you get right. talk with your patients a lot? I would say... Obviously, right. like, alcoholism contributes to mostly everything, right? Right, but right. And I w every single assistant I had was from a broken-up family. Mm -hmm. Every single one. Yeah. None of them had a stable family relationship at all, and... As far as, like, abuse, it was just rampant. Yeah. Every assistant. So the assistants had to know English. The, mm -hmm. None of my patients, from what I could tell, knew English because they would never talk to me. Mm. Um, but abuse-wise, it just seemed normal. Yeah. Like, they freely talked about it like, this like this doesn't happen to you. Yeah. And like like no, the, the no. physical abuse or sexual abuse? Physical abuse mm -hmm. and... Um, emotional abuse, a yeah. lot of emotional abuse. I never personally heard about sexual abuse, but um, emotional abuse I heard about a lot, um, and physical abuse a lot. Like yeah. they would tell me I had to leave my first husband, my second husband. I had to take my kids away because of the emotional abuse he did to me. Most people, most, so all of my assistants were female. Right. And most of the assistants lived with their mother, and their mother was also single. And so it was all these women living together with their children and no males around. Yeah. And it was just a... And I'm not saying that it's always the males that are the perpetrators. Sure. 
But it was just such a sad environment to see that these women were raising families that just didn't have a lot of male figures to look up to, which was a huge part of my life. My dad was a huge part of my life. He's a dentist and I grew up and I was like, I want to be just like my dad and serve people. And a lot of these boys never had a male figure to look up to. And it made me so sad. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy. I, um, we had, I went to a, I went to a small high school a couple hours, um, probably, four hours north of Blanding um, called South Severe. Uh It's in the Monroe, Richfield area. And a lot of these little um, small town Utah high schools, they have this program where they will have Native American kids will come and live in these dorms and go to the Utah high schools. Right, right. And um, it's basically, you know, the schools out there are just so bad. Um, They're they're so, you know, I don't know all the issues. I don't know. I assume it's underfunding. Um, I've been to some of those schools cause we would play some of them in basketball right. in like summer tournaments and stuff. Right. And we would play San Juan high school, uh-huh. um, which was kind of a mix of like white kids and native American kids. Right. Um, but yeah, it's probably a lot of underfunding. Um, and you know, I, I don't know the, the nuances of the issues, but, um, cause there are high schools out there, but, and I'm sure a lot of them are like, you know, the, when you're out on the res, there's houses just in the middle of nowhere. It, it, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Like there's, there's like, there's probably not a good bus system. No, there's no. probably, you know, a lot of them, there's not paved roads. I talked to my assistants. I'm like, what do you do for fun on the weekends? Mm-hmm. They're like, we drive an hour away to Walmart. Like that's it. Like, yeah. That's all the kids have to do. And a lot of the kids drop out of school. They said the average is like 13, 14. Yeah. Like they can't get kids to graduate, which is I, Right. So I was going to say it was crazy because our school was probably like 15, 20% Native Americans just because of this program. Um, And so I'd love to have some like data, right? Right, But but I know that a lot of them graduated high school, which is great. That's great. But to my knowledge, not a single one of them went to college. Um, and it's just, there's just no, there's just no examples out there. You know, they, they're like, it's just, it's not even on their radar because it's not expected. Yeah. Either they don't really have a dad or if they do, he certainly didn't go to college. Right. And so, and because, and you know what, whether, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to all of this, but the government gives them so much that they feel like they don't need to do anything. Um, and even, even if they were ambitious, the areas, they're just not set up to do much. You know, there's not jobs available and in their culture, they don't like leave. They don't, don't. they always come back. And like you said, it's just like a, a cycle of the parents don't go to college. And so the kids don't really think that it's important. And Anyway, it's it's a sad cycle that I don't know how they're going to change that cycle. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's tough. I kind of compare it to, in a little way, it's kind of like any small town, right? Where a lot of people don't have dreams of of being a dentist or being an engineer or anything. <laughs> they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna stay here and like work with right. my dad, right. or I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go work on the farm, and like these are all like 
fine occupations and everything, but it's hard for people to progress because they just come back and it's hard to have big dreams in these little towns. Well, you're comfortable. You go back to where you're comfortable and they're comfortable there and there's people there with the same values, the Mm -hmm. same things, and it's hard to leave. Yeah, it's hard when no one's pushing you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how many, like, just how naturally pushed you were, like, in dental school. Oh, my parents, like, to this day, I tell them that it's them that got me to dental school because they told me, they're like, you get A's or you're going to be in trouble. And if I hadn't had somebody pushing me, I don't know if I would have done it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I guess now that I think about it, like... (laughs) <laughs> the thing is, even if you, because if you're Native American, you basically can have a, you can go to college for free. Right. You know, right. and you can even, if you do decently well, you can get into a really nice school. Oh, for sure. You know, sure. and if you're like a female, oh, you yeah. can like. Golden ticket. Yeah. You could, you could <laughs> probably have like a 3.0 and get into yes. Harvard. Oh, for sure. You know, sure. Um, but if like, if you've had terrible grades all through school, you never really went to school, like the idea of going to Harvard, you're like, well, (laughs) there's no way I would succeed. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, those communities are just, uh, it's tough. I wish I I had the answers. Me too, because (laughs) I I just sat there and I'm like, these are, when I got there, I was really offended that they, like, didn't want to talk to me, they didn't Mm -hmm. want to do anything with me, and I'm like, the underlying issue is, is that these people have trust issues, and they have these people coming in that don't know anything about them or coming in and judging them, which I was doing. And I don't blame them. Like they were judging me for judging them. And no wonder they stay there because they feel judged and they're comfortable there. And so they're going to stay there. Yeah. Yeah. And the the truth is it, it like, it's not going to change anytime soon because the way to fix this is to have, you know, you have, you have a kid that has some, has some moxie and some gusto and he gets out and he decides to not move back. And then, you know, his girlfriend does the same thing. And then they start their own family. Yes, yes. You know, you, you just, it's it's got to happen kind of one by one. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, interesting to see how that, yeah. But, you know, it's, the other thing is it's like, it's almost like its own little country. Yes. You know, they yes. have their own laws. They yeah. have their own language. Yes. Um, and I think that's why abuse was kind of rampant there too, is because like the arm of the law wasn't quite the same there yeah and so i don't know if they just felt like i don't know that the the reprimands would be different i don't know but the law system was completely different and they talked about how each family had a stack of guns and they kept them outside and and it was just like a whole different world yeah Yeah. it's the wild west oh no it's yeah (laughs) it was totally different from sandy utah yeah 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 Yeah. that's crazy (laughs) that's cool that you were that you experienced that though you know i um even though I, you know, I've never really been out there like that. Um, even just driving through and going to some of those high schools and, you know, being friends with a lot of those kids in high school, it's just, it's cool to kind of understand their experience a little bit better because, um, I just think the average American like doesn't know squat about like Native Americans and their culture. And they just think like, yeah, they think of the drum music. Yes, they think yes. of um, you know some negative connotations, um, and you know there's a ton of tribes, but they're always so spread out in the yeah. middle of nowhere, and uh-huh. so they don't really, um, they don't really meld into society. So right. so people don't really know what they're doing or what they're like. Right, and I just have this like newfound respect 
before. I always try to go into situations now of like, what kind of trials did these people go through and why are they the way they are? And I listen to these people's stories, my assistants, and I'm like, man, I, I feel so bad that I came in with like these judgments of who you were and where, you know, and I just, I, I've carried that with me since then of yeah. like, I'm not going to judge people because everyone's like, everyone's carrying something and these people are carrying a lot of stuff, Yeah, you know, so. And, and you think about like sometimes like how hard it is to navigate your own life when like comparatively you probably had a pretty darn easy, right. like yeah. <laughs> childhood totally. and mm-hmm. upbringing and yeah. But but still, like things are hard. Oh yeah, you know we all have our stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. like imagine, <laughs> you know, imagine if you were abused as a child and your yeah. your dad wasn't there. Right. And you just don't have like the same chance to succeed. Even even if you're motivated, if your mom is a single mom and she needs your help to bring in money. I mean, I talked to a patient that was like, my mom needed help to make you know make money for groceries. I had to fail out of school. I mean, how do you judge that person yeah. for not going to college? You just can't, right. you know? So. But you don't usually know all those details, no, you right? You're just mm-hmm. like, oh, they dropped out of high school and they were right. thir- 14. Right. You know? Totally, totally. Um, okay, we're going to totally take a left <laughs> turn here. That's okay, that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> um, this is something I've, t- I've talked about with a few other females, but I, I was kind of... <laughs> I was kind of stuck in your Instagram mine, yeah. mining for information yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because, uh, like I said, we know each other, but right. not, it's been a while. It's not been very a while. well. Yeah. Um, and you had, you had a post where you were talking kind of about your own history with body dysmorphia yeah. and with eating disorders. Right. And I, I just think it's, it's such a crazy thing that is so pervasive, especially with young girls these oh, days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with the proliferation of social media, it's just... Sure. It's almost unavoidable in a way, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I'd love to get some perspective just because, of course, it happens and it is an issue with guys. It's just way less yeah. of a thing, right. you know? And I, right. I've, I've told girls, you know, I've, I've dated girls with body dysmorphia and who had eating disorders or had them. Um, and I'll tell them, like, listen, I, I'm trying to, like, sympathize, but I have a really hard time empathizing right. because... For me, like, I I struggled a little bit with, like, when I was younger, feeling like I was too skinny or too scrawny. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm tall now, I was really short for a while. Right, right. I didn't start growing until, like, halfway through high school. Right. Um, but since then, I've always kind of, and I've been lucky, I have a good metabolism. <laughs> I, you know, I'm in a good spot. Right, you're good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very active. I play a lot of sports, and so... My body has never really changed very much, right? right? Um, mm-hmm. And I've always just been pretty darn happy with it, right? You right. know, and I don't I've look in the mirror and kind of pick yourself apart every day. No, I'm like, damn, he looks pretty good. <laughs> I look pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I got no complaints, <laughs> and like, I'm not, I'm not, um, like, I'm not delusional. Right. I know right. that a lot of guys look better than me, <laughs> but it's not all encompassing. Right, and I also right. don't really care. Right. That they look better than me. Right. Um, and to an extent, like, there's places where I want to improve, but I'm like, okay, like, I'm working out, I'm trying to, whatever. Right, right. But um, I just, uh, the other thing is I never, ever experienced, like, jealousy towards other guys and their physiques. You never felt that. You never got into a room and were like, that guy, he's going to get more girls than me at this party. Like, you never felt that. Not really. It's like... Um, I look at it maybe from a competitive standpoint yeah, and I'm yeah. like, 
okay, this guy maybe has some more like arrows in his quiver, yes, <laughs> so to yes. speak, right? Uh, yeah. But it I, it was never like made me feel sad about myself. Mm-hmm. It was more like, okay, that's like, that's who I got to deal with. This is what I got to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, but also I'm like, well, I doubt he's as funny as me. <laughs> Like I like I'm like yeah. I got other things to to work things. with, yeah. mm-hmm. and I know that girls aren't as shallow as guys, right. <laughs> so right. I can right. get away with being <laughs> decent looking. Yes. I don't need to be the best looking if you're guy the in the funniest, room. You can get quite a few girls. Sure, sure, you can, totally. and I and I've had a few, but um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, wh- okay. Do you want me to kind of like well, outline? No, I want you to tell me when when you first were kind of cognizant of these feelings as totally. like a younger girl. Yeah, so it started pretty young. So you remember Natasha, mm-hmm. the twin. Yeah. So um, we're fraternal twins. And being fraternal twins, it's the same thing as being born with a sister. You have none of the same D, um, DNA. And so we were born just very different body types. Yeah. Very, very different. She's much more slender. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm fat, but we just have different body types, just different bone structure. Totally, even. Yeah. totally. And I'm blonde. She's brunette, just very different. And I remember growing up, it was in second grade and people knew us as the twins. Mm-hmm. We all know twins and we call them the twins. Did you ever have twins in your high school? Oh, sure. Yeah. You call them the twins. You don't yeah. call them by their name. You yeah. call them the twins. And to tell us apart, they would say that's the skinny twin. That's the fat twin. Oh, geez. And as a, like, as a, you know, eight-year-old or whatever I was, I didn't know how to compartmentalize that and yeah. realize that, you know, kids just don't know what that, you know, what that was going to do <laughs> yeah. to me. And so I grew up kind of thinking there's something wrong with me. Were you a little chubbier? No. Like, yeah. I look back and I'm like, there was nothing wrong with her. Right. It was just... She that, was just like a little skinnier. Yes. She yeah. was a little bit shorter. She was about two inches shorter. Very, 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 very slender. Yeah. And... I remember that um, she was a lot more outgoing than me, and she was just naturally the person that would be the SBO. Mm -hmm. She was always, like, in cheerleading, she was always the tiny flyer, and I was, you know, more of the stunt person that would help throw the person. Yeah. And I was never on SBO, and so when I got What's SBO? Like, student body officer. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she was always, like, the popular one. Yeah. And I remember in middle school and high school, I would sit there and be like, why am I not going out as much as her? Like, why, what's the common denominator here? Mm-hmm. And it always came back to, I'm like, it's because I'm fatter than her. And that that's, I, I thought to myself, if I become skinny, I will be just like my twin sister and I will be more popular. Mm-hmm. I will be asked out more. I will be more accepted by my peers. Yeah. Did you talk about this with her? No, yeah. no, I didn't talk about it with anybody yeah. because my parents, they're, they're very good people and I love them, but they, we kind of grew up in the generation. I don't know if your parents were this way, but we just don't, we didn't talk about our problems. Yeah. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. And so I kind of kept it to myself that I would, I would die. I remember I dieted as young as it was in first grade. Oh, wow. So in first grade, I started counting calories and I would overexercise. I remember sitting in, in my basement and doing jumping jacks in my basement as like in first grade. Oh gosh, yeah. So just <laughs> and, and the I I mean the sad part about this is like yeah, it's not like a first grader knows like a good healthy way to lose no. weight. No, they don't. Like I you know? had no idea, no idea. 
But I remember being in sixth grade and the girls that were the popular girls, I was eating a sugar cookie and they're like, are you really going to eat the frosting that has all the calories? Oh, in it? gosh. So and they were like scraping off all of the frosting. And yeah. I was like, that's what I need to do. And so even to this day, I have a really hard time like mental blocking eating the frosting on a sugar cookie. Mm. And so even girls like I thought I was the only one. And as I've like become more open about it, because I believe I, my dad always said the saying growing up that when I was being, when I had a problem and I was crying about it at night, he's like, everything's better in the light of day. And I believe that with this problem that I, I kept it a secret for so long that in my head it became this huge, big thing. Yeah. And then when I brought it out into the light of day and talked about it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And a lot of other people were dealing with the same right. thing. Right. And, yeah, um, you weren't like a freak or anything. No, You're no. just like experiencing yes, hardship. Yes. Yeah. And in the 90s, it was huge in the media to be tiny, tiny thin. Yeah. And I remember Hillary Duff had, you know, anorexic problems. Lindsay Lohan had, had anorexic problems. All of these starlets, like that's who we looked up to. And they were all tiny, tiny thin. And I kind of got out of it when I was in college. I realized I can't study if I don't, if I have an empty stomach right. and I, I can't do that. And I really wanted to go to dental school. And so I kind of grew out of it. And then I got to dental school and grad school and I was about 21 years old and I was trying to deal with, so the average age for dental school, at least in Utah, cause a mm-hmm. lot of them are return missionaries. Yeah. Average age is like 28, 29. Yeah. I was 21 in dental school cause I just like rushed through my undergrad. Yeah. I was so immature, like emotionally, that trying to like keep up with these people that were not only older than me, but they were married, had kids. They weren't in the same like immature state that I was that like trying to study when I was 21 years old where they told me I needed to study, you know, crazy amounts. I had school from 730 in the morning to five o'clock at night. And then they told me every night I was supposed to study three to four hours. Yeah. Yeah. As a 21 year old, like you're like, no, I'm going to go out and go to (laughs) a party or go on a date. Like it just didn't like, so to try and cope with it, I remember thinking if I don't eat all of my other problems, if I get smaller, all of my other problems will get smaller as well. Mm. And I don't like I look back now and I'm like what a sad way to live and like I wish that therapy would have been more like open back then but yeah that's what I thought and that's how I coped with it I remember my first and second year of dental school just just going through this tough time not talking about it and I remember the breaking point for me where I was really thin but there's this guy that we ran around in the same circles and I could not for the life of me get him to like me and I was like what if I change this about myself? I try to like sports and I talk about sports. I talk about, I think he like, I think it was Grey's Anatomy. He like, <laughs> what we do for love, right? Sure. And You're like, I'm outdoorsy. <laughs> I'm super outdoorsy, okay? And uh, I start talking. I, I remember watching Grey's Anatomy just to get like something to talk yeah. about him with. Yeah. And he just like, I remember just didn't want anything to do with me. So I went to his friend and I was like, like, lay it out for me. Like, why doesn't this guy give me the time of day? And he's like, he really only likes really thin girls. And I was like, oh. And so something like broke inside of me where I was like, I thought I was already kind of thin. I guess Mm -hmm. I'm not. And I just went off the deep end and I just stopped eating altogether. And I remember one day I blacked out in the University of Utah bathroom. And I'm like, I need help. Like, this is not healthy and this is not sustainable. Yeah. 
And so luckily the University of Utah is really good about this. They actually offer free therapy for anyone that goes through their school. I don't mm-hmm. know if people know that. Yeah. But so I went to a therapist and I'm like, is this normal? And he like was like, no, you like we, we we've got to get you help. And so I got help and what I realized again that I wasn't alone in my problems, but this was something that a lot of people were going through. And you know, another thing I take away from it is even at my thinnest, this guy still didn't like me. Right, so right. <laughs> you can't change yourself yeah. to get somebody to like you. And I wish I would have known that as a teenager, as somebody in college, as somebody in grad school, like no matter how much you change yourself, some people, like you said, just aren't going to like you. Yeah. Not, you know, you can be the ripest peach, but not everyone is going to like peaches. Right. You know what I mean? So well, that's a tough realization. It's hard. You know? it's es- hard. Especially if you have, uh, a decent track record of getting what you want, right? <laughs> that wasn't the case, I swear. No, 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 no. I, I, I just yeah. mean, I just mean, like for a lot of people. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. they they go through life, you know, whether it's dating or whatever, and right, they have right. a, a decent amount of success. And so when when they first get really rejected, it's, it takes a toll on the ego. Oh yeah, you're like, what's what's like ro- like fundamentally wrong yeah. with me? Like, what right. what is it? And you want to change whatever it is so that you'll be accepted by whoever it is. And it's, that's just not going to work. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it was, it, you know, and even to this day, it's something that I have a therapist. I love my therapist and I do meditation and I do yoga. I do things that help me get back to who I really am. And I go to, you know, I have my spirituality and I, I wish I knew that there were these avenues that there was help because I thought I was all alone and like I grew up in a in a situation where we didn't admit that we had problems because we wanted everyone to think that we were fine sure and I feel like Utah is rampant with that that you want to keep your problems to yourself because you want to be seen as perfect all the time and how unhealthy is that yeah you know what I mean like we all have something and if you get help I mean that's not a bad thing. You know? <laughs> no, it's it's like, it's like oh, I um, I'm like really allergic to this this stuff, but I like I just don't take anything. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. Mental health is luckily it's getting a lot easier to get help, but like you said, if you had a broken arm, you go to the doctor. Right. If you have something wrong with mental issues, you should go to the doctor. Yeah. You know, so. It's interesting. Even to this day, I have a lot of the older generation people in my life. They're like, "Why do you go to the therapist? Like that just doesn't make sense. They're why like, would you pay all that like, money?" They're like, "You're fine. What's yeah? What's, yeah. yeah, you're fine. Why? Why? why yeah, you seem situation? happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you seem fine. Yeah, yeah. So, but luckily, my husband is very supportive. Yeah. And I told him when we were dating, I was like, "This is an issue that I've, like, I'm in recovery, and but this is going to be something that I'm going to be dealing with. I don't think this is ever going to go away fully. This yeah, is something yeah. that." I'm going to be dealing with. And he's like, we're in this together. Like we yeah. got this. So yeah. I mean, it's like, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel yeah. like it's probably similar to like an addiction, totally. right? I mean, you get it, yeah. you'd get addicted to any bad behavior oh, for sure. or unhealthy, you know, yeah. thought patterns. But <coughs> when, when you've been addicted to something for a while, like that recovery, it doesn't just like go away in a no, year no. or two years. You go back, like we were saying, to where you're comfortable. Yeah. And what made me comfortable was if if I'm thin, I'm not going to have any other problems. Right. So if I have like a bad day at work where, you know, I have some really hard procedures, I'm like, I remember having this thought like a year ago. If 
if I'm thin, my patients are going to respect me more. I'll be a better dentist. I'll get more patients. And it was this cycle of like, no, we don't do that. We don't get into that cycle, Letitia. Let's yeah. stop this here. Because you, you're able to recognize kind of some irrational right, thoughts. Right, exactly. Yeah. Which without talking to somebody and having therapy, I wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's been a journey, but I'm really glad that I can help people now because in my actually line of profession, I've actually helped a lot of people because in the mouth, you can actually see. I was never bulimic, but mm-hmm. I was anorexic. Um, you can see when people have had bulimia because it erodes, it wears away the inside of their teeth. Oh, because of the like bile? The, the acid. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's something that we learned in school that if you see somebody that has acid erosion on the inside of their teeth, mm-hmm. you need to talk to them about it. Mm. And I've come across, and it's, we talked about it, like Gen Z being able to disassociate and associate what's normal and what's real and what's fake on Instagram and social media, they, a lot of the time they just like when I was younger and I couldn't compartmentalize, you know, what the things were being said to me weren't true. Mm -hmm. A lot of what they're being fed on social media isn't true and how skinny these people are isn't true. And I've talked to just in the last two years, four female patients that are in their teenage years that have bulimia and I've sat them up and you know, very kindly said, you know, acid is either coming in or acid is coming out. We need to talk about it. And they've openly discussed with me that bulimia is an issue because of comparison in our society. Yeah. And so I see it and I can say, you know, I have been through something similar and you can have help. Like yeah. You can, there's ways to get out of this, yeah. you know, so. But yeah, it's, I feel like it's almost impossible to just do it yourself. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, cause uh-huh. I mean, you can. And of course there's a spectrum, right? I'm sure <coughs> I'm sure there's a lot of girls that have like, you know, thrown up a few times and kind right. of experimented with right. it, right? right. But uh-huh. it never really got really down that path. Totally. But you know, for the most part, if you're if you get deep into it, like it's almost impossible to just talk yourself out of it. Right. Which you know? for a long time, like a lot of people, excuse me, surrounding me were saying, if you pray hard enough, you'll be fine. Yeah. Which that was another issue. I was like, can I talk myself out of this? Can I pray myself out of this? And yeah. I feel like a lot of people get a lot of shame in Utah, especially for if you're strong enough mentally and spiritually, right. you should be able to get out of whatever your issue is, whether that's pornography, anorexia, yeah. um, any any problem that you have emotionally, if you pray hard enough, it should take care of it. Right. And that's just, I believe in God and I believe that he can take care of a lot of things, but I also believe that God gives us resources to help. Right. Well, yeah, my argument would be like, okay, if you're praying hard enough and you're like attuned, the answer will probably be, hey, go get some help. Right. You know? And it's not to say that like, you know, you know, the God I believe in can perform miracles and do anything, but it's like, you know, usually the onus is on us. Yes. Yes. To act. Right. Totally. And so... That took me a while to get out of the shame cycle of, like, I should be able to do this myself. Like, mm-hmm. this is something that I should be able to overcome myself. And so, yeah, it's been a journey, but it's something that, as a mom, it's made me a better person, too. Because I remember I hadn't even had kids yet. I wasn't dating my husband. And I sat there, and I had had these issues. And I'm like, what am I going to say to my daughter someday? Yeah. Like, she's going to have to... I'm going to have to look her in the eye and tell her, like, your mom doesn't eat, and but you should eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I sat there, and I'm like, I don't 
I don't want that life. I want to be somebody that is a strong mother figure that can show her that, you know, we're born with these bodies, but you know, your body, I love the quote, your body's an instrument, not an ornament. Mm. And I want my body to be, when, when I was at my lowest, I couldn't go on hikes with my friends. I couldn't go traveling because my mind was so foggy. I couldn't do my every day to day stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. At that point, my body owned me mm-hmm. and I want my daughter to know that her body is an instrument to be able to go out and travel and eat all the good food she wants to do, do her hobbies. And her body shouldn't own her. She should own her body and be able to live life. Yeah. I wasn't living my life. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Did you, did you struggle with, because it sounds like you kind of started getting better, like, um, in grad school. Yeah, yeah. Did you struggle when you started um, having kids and your body started changing again? It was huge. Yeah. That was huge. I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter and I was at the gym and I remember a guy looked over. I don't, I have no idea why, but he looked over and I was like, the first thing that I wanted to say was I'm not fat. I'm pregnant. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, why yeah. I don't even know this guy. Why do I want right, to tell right. him that? And, um, I was always worried that my husband was thinking I was fat, my coworkers. And mm-hmm. it was a hard thing where I felt like when I was at my lowest again, I felt like it was the one thing I could control. Like when I was in dental school, I couldn't control a lot of the things around me. But, like, a lot of the time I couldn't control what test was coming up or if the guy I was dating was going to be good to me or not. But I could control what I looked like. Yeah. And same thing happened when I was pregnant where I was like, I can't control a lot of this. And I want to control what I eat, but I can't. Like, this is not only my body right now. This is somebody else's body. Yeah. And I can't control the situation. So it was a very out-of-control situation. It was really hard. Yeah. But... I've done it twice and it was, (coughs) excuse me, really hard on me. But again, a lot of support from my husband, a lot of support from other family members. But as a woman, you get a lot of value, sadly, out of your looks, even like, even like post-marriage, a lot of the people around you. I remember like being married and trying to find a job and, um, you know, men saying, things about my image just in, in, uh, interviews that I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's what I'm valued for. Right. And that, you know, even to this day, I have a lot of issues with separating that. And I want to teach my daughter that like her value isn't, isn't tied to her image, but women have such a hard time with that. Cause I feel like you can be the funniest girl in the room, but if you're not thin, you're going to have a hard time getting dates. And I wish it wasn't the case, but it's just the case, you know? Yeah. And it's like, to kind of um, relate in a weird, abstract way, for me, like, sports have always been such a big part of my life that mm-hmm. a lot of times when I've done poorly in a sport, I felt really, really bad about myself because I've put so much of my self-worth on yeah. being that basketball player yeah. or that, that spike ball player right, or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but something like, you're, um, if, you, if you're putting all your self-worth on how you look... The right. second you like put on ten pounds get or pregnant. or get pregnant or have a bad yeah. haircut right. or you're shattered. Heaven forbid, you know, you're like you get some burnt you know, you you're in a fire. Right. 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 Like you're just your world's destroyed. Exactly. And so you have to find a way to have your self worth spread out a little bit more. Yeah. You know? You have to yeah. you have to find worth in your in your intellect, in your hobbies, in your passions, in your relationships and exactly. 
And that way when, you know, because the same thing, if all of your self-worth is wrapped up in your relationships, what happens if you get dumped? Exactly. Or what happens if a friend betrays you? Exactly. They have to be spread out. And too many women that I know and too many young girls that I know think that if they're good looking, they will get the right job. They will get the right boyfriend. They will have the right life. If it all boils down to that they're attractive. Right. And I don't know if all men think that way. Mm -hmm. I think it's more women. I, th sure. I think. And I wish it, I, like you said, I wish it was more spread out. But with social media and everything, and I don't want to blame everything on social media, but I, I feel like a lot of today's society is about, you know, the looks and it's hard I right mean, you're on a dating app you're not going to look at a girl if she you know isn't quite what you're looking for picture wise you know what right. I mean? everything is about the look and that's fine because i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that i would have dated my husband if i didn't think he was attractive sure sure you yeah I mean? yeah so it's it's important it's it's what it's makes us tick exactly you know? exactly but there is worth in other things yeah and but yeah. i would say i would say attraction is like it's a lot like wealth where like, if you're really poor, you're going to be really miserable, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I hate to say it like this, but <laughs> if you're really unattractive, yeah. you're going to be really miserable. Right, right. Um, but just like there's, just like, I think just about everyone is capable of, like, making a decent living. Right. Um, just about everyone is capable of being decent looking. Oh, yeah. You know? Get a good haircut, work out. Yeah, yeah like uh -huh. like you can. There's healthy ways to like improve your looks substantially, totally. right? Mm -hmm. And but what I'm saying is like whether you're making, you know, there's been studies that show that you're not really any happier after making like sixty or seventy k a year, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like you're like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, give me a million dollars, I promise I'll be happier. Right. right. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I swear, I'll be I happier. swear, <laughs> I promise to all the gods I'll be happy. But um, but it's like if you're already pretty miserable, yeah. more money, you're you're gonna have maybe more fun on the weekends, right? But you're gonna be just as miserable, and and to me, it's like, yeah, if you, the difference between being like, you know, pretty healthy and good looking and right. and attractive versus being like a supermodel, right? It's not that much of a difference yeah yeah you know yeah and i i find that even in my job when i do like full mouth rehab cases where we do veneers on every tooth yeah the type the type of people a lot of the time not every time but a lot of people that want that they're just never happy yeah they're never life is never good enough and it kind of scares me away from some of those cases that i i literally i know it's going to be a money maker but i turn them away because i'm like i'm never going to make this person happy mm, interesting and it's sad that because I feel like I feel like a lot of people I've heard that talk about wanting veneers. Yeah, they like have really nice teeth. Yes, <laughs> yes. People come in and they're like, "But this is slightly crooked," and I'm like, yeah. "I honestly don't see the problem." Yeah, like I don't see it, you know. So yeah, it's hard sometimes because they, they just become yeah. perfectionists. Yes, yeah. and I'm like, I'm never gonna make them happy, and I'm just gonna have to redo it over and over. No, I'm not gonna even <laughs> touch that with yeah. a ten foot pole. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 kind of cool. Yeah, kind of funny. Um, wow. Um, what, what would be your advice yeah. to girls that are like, just feel like no matter what they do, they just can't like not stop worrying about like what they eat or how much they weigh or how right. much they're putting on or whatever. Like, right. because there's, there's, you know, some obvious 
you know, tips you could say. You could say, well, you know, you know, start eating a little more healthy or, you know, don't eat late at night or start going to the gym. You know, there's plenty of kind of obvious things. But from like a mental standpoint, what are some healthy approaches? Like we had talked about, like I had this thought when I was younger and also in grad school that I will be the happiest when I'm the thinnest. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're, we're all chasing. We're all chasing to be the happiest we can be. And like we talked about, I was not happy. I was at my lowest point, not happy. And I, I, I had actually a lot of people even giving me compliments. I remember two guys in my dental class say, wow, you're looking great. Like you're look, you're looking awesome. And I remember thinking, why isn't this feeling better? Like, why don't I feel better right now? And I was going out on dates and stuff and I'm like, I don't feel better. Yeah. So I want to tell you that like, Find happiness in other things. And I'm not saying don't try to live a healthy healthy lifestyle, but I can promise you that bad habits, every single person that I've talked to that's gone through recovery with this, it's never made them happier. And yeah. if you're chasing happiness, it's it's not going to bring you happiness. So find happiness in, in the people around you. Try to find happiness in a new hobby. Try to find happiness in maybe traveling, maybe finding a new book club. I mean, it's hard though, because it's, everyone has, my therapist always said that eating disorders are so multidimensional, so multifactorial. Mm -hmm. We talked about where it started in my childhood and then it layered on top of needing control issues. Also, it runs in members of my family. And also there's, you know, different incidences in my life. So there's not one fit all piece of advice but I can promise you it's not going to bring you happiness and try to find happiness in other things because you're chasing it I know whoever's listening to this and says that they can't you know get thin you're, you're chasing happiness and you're, you need to find it somewhere else right I one of my um I listen to Jordan Peterson a lot mm-hmm. um and he talks about how it's kind of a mistake to chase happiness oh yeah he's like you need to chase purpose yeah in your life yeah and, and, you know, they can be synonyms, right? You, you can say, I'm, you know, I'm searching for happiness. But when it comes down to it, if, like, the only thing that makes you happy is something, <coughs> is, is something that's going to fade or something that is ephemeral, it's like you're just, you're never going to get there. You're never going to get it. There's not some yeah. special place that you're like, now I'm happy. Now I'm good. You know? Now I'm good. And I'm yeah. sure, you know, there's, like, I'm sure there's different benchmarks where you're like, you know what, like, now that I'm married, yeah, I'm a lot happier. I'm a lot more fulfilled in certain cool. ways. Or yeah. now that now that I have kids, I'm happier because I'm I've brought life into this world and I'm I have more of a purpose. Um, you know, there's different things you accomplish or achieve right. or right. that happen to you that kind of add to your happiness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the most part, it's just a journey. And if you if you don't have purpose, yeah. you're just never going to find the happiness. And you can't, you can't look to other people to finding it either because I, I thought in my naive little mind when I was getting ready to apply to dental school, I'm like, some guy is going to respect me more and love that I'm going to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. And I actually deterred a lot of guys. Yeah. And, um, we don't want to floss on <laughs> every day. <laughs> a lot of guys 
you're like, I don't want to deal with the debt. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I get that, I get that. My husband was actually like, oh, sugar mama, do I even have to work? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're like, no sugar. No, no, none. <laughs> um, and a lot of it, too, was hard being a female because, like we were saying, as far as like needing and chasing acceptance from other people, happiness from other people, because... Um, being a female in Utah and trying to be a professional, we kind of talked about this before, but um, everyone thought it was a joke. A lot of people, I went to dental school and I remember this was a dentist from Utah. He took me, I was in front There's just of so few people. females in the field. Oh yeah, right? it's 2% in Utah. Wow, wow, yeah. okay. And he took me in front of a group of people and he was like, so what is it like being a female dentist in Utah? And I was, I didn't know where he was trying to go. So I was like, oh, it's great. I'm with great, you know, I have great peers and everything. And he's like, no, like mentally it must be really hard. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I guess. And he was like, no, but you grew up with developing your brain different. I was like, how do you mean? And he was like, well, boys had puzzles and trains growing up where they had to learn how to problem solve. You had dolls and your brain just didn't develop like men, so you have to catch up, and I'm like, this is, this is two, you know, this is like, I think this was like 2017, Yeah. like this isn't a hundred years ago, and I'm sitting there in front of all my peers, and at the time I should have said something, but I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I was chasing, I was chasing for all these people to respect me by, by doing all the school and everything, and I wasn't getting it, I wasn't getting it from a lot of people because I was a female, and he he was like this you know you're gonna have to chase men your whole life to be as good of a dentist as them because your brains develop differently <laughs> and I'm like what like this is so weird like yeah. I did not think people still thought this way and when I was interviewing um I actually had two dentists tell me they're like you can be my hygienist and I was like no I went to the same school and you did yeah, like yeah. I, I I can do implants I can do all these things and they're like no you can start off being my hygienist for like a year and then we can see if you want to be the dentist. Mm. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I've, and it kind of took an ego blow to me. Like what's again, like what's fundamentally wrong with me? Right. Like, do these people not value me? And I'm like, I can't get my value from what other people think of me, whether that be my looks or what, you know, being a female in the field, I, I really got to find my value myself and being young in your teenage years. That's so hard to navigate. Even in our thirties, I feel like finding your self worth so hard yeah so hard yeah. and it's something that changes every day and you've got to find yourself worth almost daily right because yeah sometimes i'm sure you're like man i am awesome because like <laughs> i i did this at work today and it was yeah. a great successful day and my kids are well behaved and my right. husband loves me right. but then some days are just disasters and, oh, you, yeah. and you're like i can't do anything right no can't do anything right yeah. and i'm like why, why am i doing this why am i trying yeah. I mean, we all have those days, and a lot of the time I feel alone in that, and then I have to step back and be like, no, we all feel that way. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Um, I got a weird question for you. Sure. I, so I went to the dentist the other day. Yeah. And when I say the other day, I mean like a year ago. <laughs> um, and so my cousin, um, not the cousin you know. Yes. <laughs> but um, it's funny. Our, um, we, we became friends just because we were in the same class together, but it turns out our cousins married each other. Yes. So yes. we're not related at all, but we're like... Kind of, like, <laughs> but not really. Yeah. yeah. We could potentially see each other at a family gathering. Potentially. But yeah. it's never happened, and I don't <laughs> think it ever will. But um, my cousin's a dentist, and he's like a 
it was like his first year or whatever. And I go to the office and there's like a, there's like a picture of like the main dentist and then like all the employees. Yes. Yes. And they're all female. All female. So it looks like this weird, like culty sort of thing. And, and I was like, (laughs) I was like, there's gotta be some shadiness going around. With just For all sure. those, all those hygienists, mm-hmm. all those yep. like male figures, give me some, give me some dirt. Like, do, oh, do, did you run into some kind of weird scenarios ever? You know, because you've been in a yes, few offices, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I remember in dental school, multiple, multiple dentists saying, "Now you boys, because there's hardly any girls, right? You boys, be careful because you're going to be surrounded by girls that are 18 to 25. That's around the ages, and there's going to be eight of them, and they're going to worship the ground you walk on because you're a doctor, and you write their paychecks, and you're going to have eight young, mostly probably attractive girls telling you that you're amazing all day, every day. Yeah. And how could that not go to your head? Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially, like, heaven forbid you're single. Yes, yes. And I've known... Or in an unhappy marriage. Yes. Yeah. And that's the problem is that you have to have small talk all day long with your assistant because your patient's not talking to you. Yeah. And so a lot of dentists I have heard say that they share about their unhappy marriage and it turns into a relationship with their assistant. And I know one in particular that had an affair with his assistant and um, this isn't here in Utah, but... Um, it can become so easy because like you said, it's a very weird dynamic. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. Well, I feel like so much of any infidelity, it's like between coworkers a lot of times because yeah. mm-hmm. that's who you're spending most, most of your time with yes, yes. and you, you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and you, yep. you like form these relationships. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just remember, and I've, and then I went to this other dentist a little bit after cause I had to get a root canal yeah. and I was like, same exact thing. I see these. I see these pictures, yeah. <laughs> and they're kind of creepy. Almost, yeah. it's like one guy and like twelve girls. Yes, it looks like some like polygamous stuff. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, I. It's funny because um, at one of the practices I worked at, it was so being a female. I so I was the dentist, and I had a male assistant, and. Every patient without fail, the new patients were like, so where's the doctor? And I'm like, oh, I am. And he would come walking in the room and they're like, hi, doctor. And I'm just like, this is such a weird dynamic. But there needs to be more of that because the dynamic of having 12 women with one man and... It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's funny. It reminds me, I had a... I heard this. I can't remember if it was a comedian or something, but this guy was like... He's like, you know, these days... If you're teaching high school, you can't you can't be hot and teach high school. You like can't. you got to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a healthy environment. It's not a healthy environment. Yeah, There's so too many right. hormones running around. Yes. And especially <laughs> like, you know, if you're like a male teacher that like was like you rushed through college yeah. and mm-hmm. is teaching when he's like 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got students that are 18. Not like, a good scenario. It's just it's just tough. Not a good scenario. You know, cuz yeah, even totally. more so than like a dental hygienist, you're, you're with them eight hours a day, (laughs) you know, and you're, and you're going on, you know, and if you're a coach, you're going on trips together and it's just, I don't know, like, it's crazy. I had, there was multiple teachers in in our high school that had, had scandals. Issues. Yeah. You hear about that. And I even heard about, 
there was a seminary teacher like recently mm-hmm. in Utah. Yeah. And I'm like, this is still happening. Like this stuff happens. Yeah. Like uh, anyway, I'm naive, but <laughs> stuff happens. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's wild. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, do you have any other crazy like patient stories? Oh man. Like, do you, do you, do you deal with, um, maybe you did more like on the res, but do you deal with like people that come in with like meth mouth? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, again, you sit there and I've become a lot better about like, this isn't, this is a person. Right. And this is somebody that has these, like, if my, if we all had problems that showed on the outside, we'd all be ugly. Right. You know what I mean? And sadly, this person's problem is front and center. Yeah. And I feel so bad that some of us have issues that we can hide. Right. And this person has an issue that they're going to live with the rest of their life. There's been meth mouths. The youngest person I've ever had to pull all their teeth out and do dentures was 17 years old. Oh, wow. Way too young. Yeah. Way too young. Full dentures at 17 years old. I mean, they're not going to be able to kiss or eat or live their life the way they should mm-hmm. ever again. Right. And, um, but yeah, I did see that Because dentures still suck. Oh, th- yeah. They flop you know? around you. They don't stay in unless, really, unless you get a ton of implants and they yeah. have to keep them in. And that's crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. Isn't it like <laughs> 30, 40 grand? Oh, yeah. yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Um, we saw that a lot because actually when I was in residency, when I was up at the U hospital, they would bring inmates in. Mm. And so they would be um, handcuffed to the chair. And I'm sitting there with like the sharpest of instruments. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, this person could reach over and hold me hostage yeah. with my drill. And I'm like scared out of my mind. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was those were interesting scenarios. I also, because I was in the hospital, um, it was really hard mentally because any person in the hospital that had dental issues would be referred to our clinic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time, if they were unstable in the unit that they were in, we had to travel up to their unit and I had to go to the um, mental institution at the U multiple times and do their dental work. And I remember going up to the mental facility and this person, they could give me very little information, but they're like, this person has had suicide problems. This person has had problems with wanting to kill people in their family and they hallucinate. And now you need to stick your hands in their mouth with only this tiny little nurse next to you and see if they have a cavity. And I'm like, this person could bite my hand off. You know what I mean? And so you have to sit there and try to, you know, navigate this really hard situation and, Anyway, so yeah, really crazy stories that really made me very happy to be in Cedar Hills. And have, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, the craziest thing I see is <laughs> somebody with like three cavities, you know, so yeah. anyway, but it was a really good situation for me to learn how to empathize with people and learn how to do really difficult dentistry yeah. so that now anything that's thrown my way, I'm like, ah, I can handle that. Yeah, you know? you're so, like, oh, big deal, oh, cavity. Yeah, yeah. yeah cavity. Yeah. So did, did you have any... Like specifically scary moments? I remember there was somebody that came into my chair at the U Dental School, you excuse me, at the residency. And usually they only did one handcuff and they would have the bodyguard kind of stand back. And this guy, both hands were cuffed, both feet were cuffed, 
and he had two of the biggest Samoan bodyguards wow. you've ever seen. So he was obviously like a violent yes, guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And they're standing. I said, I need more space. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we have to stand right here. And I'm like, wow. oh my gosh, like, what is this guy going to do to me? You yeah. know, and he never, you know, everything was just fine. But yeah. mentally going through, he had a three-hour appointment. For three hours, I'm just sweating my guts out yeah. being like, what is this guy going to do to me? Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So, I mean, it was, everything would be fine. Would, they, would the inmates usually talk to you or no? Uh, very little. Right. Very little, because those bodyguards would 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 tell him to stop talking. Oh, okay, yeah, right, right. So, anyway, it was very interesting scenarios. Yeah. But I also had a situation where um, I was on call. When you're at the residency, you're the on-call dentist for the emergency room. And so you would see really interesting scenarios where people would go to a party and get drunk and all, you know, they would get hit by a beer bottle and like five teeth come out. Mm, it's two in the morning. You yeah. go in and do that. I also saw a patient that was a rape victim in the middle of the day. And, um, I don't know why that, that, um, came to my head, but I remember being like, why am I fixing her teeth? Like this is the least on her totem pole yeah. that she's thinking about, but I'm sitting here and she's bawling in the ER room and I'm trying to fix her teeth. And, Mentally, I'm like, man, this girl just went through this terrible situation. How do I, how do I even approach this? And so, I mean, going through the, being an ER dentist, being a dentist at a reservation, being a dentist that I had to work with in, in, in inmates. I mean, mentally, when I, when I, my blood pressure was high a lot of times. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know, being in a normal dental practice, this is cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So anyway, but. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, crazy scenarios for sure. That's um, yeah, that that's cool. I, <laughs> I have uh, there's this girl that I know that she administers um, um, she's done like vaccinations or COVID shots or something, on, and she'll go to um, <laughs> she'll go to the prison and and do them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, the first day she went there, she. Um, and she's in like basically like a hazmat suit, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not like she's in something form fitting, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But she said she gets there, and um, and the the like escort or whoever's like helping her out, and she, she's like, "Hey, just don't, don't, don't look at anybody, yeah, because like everybody's hands are in their pants right now." Really? Oh <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Like. <laughs> They're so depraved. Yes, yes. That they see a female. They see a female, and um, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all they need. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, like my, she's in like just like a marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. And they're not even like hiding. No. You know, it's no. just it's just crazy. My dad, um, when he finished dental school to help pay off his um, student debt, he went and was one of the dentists at the prison to help pay off his student debt. And he kept doing it even when I was growing up because he said he liked to give back and everything. And I always asked him, can I come with you? Can I come with you? And he said the same thing. He was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. And I'm like, but we're going to be completely covered. I'll wear no makeup. I'll put on (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not coming. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You're not going. (laughs) Yeah, he has some crazy situations with that. But he... Yeah, he was the one that kind of got me into wanting to be a dentist because you just get to serve people, but you also get to work with your hands. So it's very artistic, and I have a very, like, I love anything artistic, and that's kind of why 
I like I remember seeing you on Instagram um, in grad school, and I was like, oh my gosh, he he's like a writer. I like always wanted to do something artistic. That is so so cool. And so it's kind of cool that I can do something in healthcare, but also that's very artistic. Yeah. Because I look up to people that are artistic. I think artistic people are so interesting. So I think it's so cool that you became a writer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, What is, uh, just to wrap things up, what is, uh, like, do you have any, are you you big on, like, New Year's resolutions? Yes, yes, I usually am. I I try to be. Yeah. I'm not always good at keeping them. Right. I try. Do you have have something big you want to accomplish in 2022 or something more like... You know, because some goals are very, like, quantifiable, you right, know. Right, right. Others are just, like, I want to be more mindful. I want to whatever. Do you have something totally. something kind of that's been, you've been thinking about more? Thinking about, I, I, so I've been trying to read a book a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't happen with my kids, but I'm going to try to keep that up. I'm going to yeah. try to read a book a week. Um, I'm going to try to be more present. I know everyone says that, but yeah. I took a break from social media about a, a year back, and I took about three months off and I was way more present with my kids, way mm-hmm. more present with my husband, way more present with my friends. And I had people actually say to me, like, you are different. And I was like, Ooh, that, that was kind of cheesy, but I, I, I was yeah. different because I was way more present and I want to be more present in my life. I want to put my phone down more. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how I'm going to do that, yeah. but it's something that I'm going to really try. I'm going to brainstorm i'm going to do it this next year right so. that's cool yeah. i um <laughs> i have a, a buddy of mine that he his are for maybe more intense reasons he um you know for for a lot of years struggled with uh with pornography addiction yeah. and stuff but so he's like i need to be really careful with social media totally. right totally. and so what he does is he limits himself to literally five minutes a day, (laughs) you know, and like, (coughs) like that goes fast. Yes, Like I've, I've, um, I've like done posts for him (laughs) because he's like, I can't do it that fast, (laughs) you know, but it's, it's cool because, um, and he also has a rule that he doesn't view social media when he's by himself. Cause he's like, even, even not, not just like looking up bad content, but he's like, that's when I'm by myself. That's when I get in a bad headspace and I'm yes. comparing myself to other people. Yes. He's like, but when I'm just with friends and I want to like show them this or they want to show me this account or whatever, yeah. that's yeah. fine. Right. And so his like those are like his two rules. He doesn't right. view it by himself mm-hmm. and he only has five minutes a day. I like that. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll try that. I'll do but, a five minute rule. But I mean, you know, try twi- try a half hour. Half an hour. Right. And and you have yeah. like. Your, you know, your phone, you can put little things that says, you know, your time's up or whatever, yeah. but he does a thing where it locks him out. Oh, I like that. I like <laughs> so that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's an app or if it's something you can program on your phone or whatever, yeah. but, um, cause I've had, I did that. It was like, I was like, oh, I'm probably on way more than I should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially like a lot of times I'm like, you know, 30 seconds here and then 10 yeah. minutes later is 30 seconds here. Right, right. It's not like I'm on for two hours at a time. Exactly, exactly. But it adds up throughout the day, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I, I put a time limit on, but I just ignore it. Like yes. it pops up and I'm just like, yeah, 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 I yeah, got yeah. it. I'm, I'm good. I won't do much more. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to try one that it's like, no, I have a hard cap. Yeah, hard <laughs> cap with this. And my daughter, she, I remember she's one and a half and it's like a distinct core memory. And she's like, mama, phone down. Like, <laughs> This, like, that means there's a problem. Like, yeah, she's yeah. young enough to, like, say, mama, phone down. 
And so it's something, like you said, that's a really good idea with the cat. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard because for me, I always make the excuse of like, but a lot of times I'm looking at social media when I have nothing better to do. You know, I'm in, right. I'm in right. line, I'm, uh, I'm on the toilet, like, yes. Yes. but like, I could also be listening to a podcast or right. I could right. be reading a book. Right. Um, it's just so easy to be like, well, I don't, I don't need to bring a, like, cause I love to read too. Right. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times it's like, well, I don't need to bring a book. Like I have my phone if, right. if I have downtime, right. you right. know, mm-hmm. but, um, but if you use your downtime a little more wisely, I think you'll you'll just accomplish more. Totally. I remember being in the grocery line this week, actually, and with, like, mindfulness, I try to do a meditation app every single night. I try to, yeah. at least. And it always says, when you're in line, put your phone away. Like, you shouldn't be, you know. And I was like, I'm going to try that. And so I put it in my, in my pocket, and I, like, looked around, and I was like, oh, there's somebody in front of me. I should talk to him. We got talking and I was like, I just had like a really good, meaningful conversation. I would have never had if I would have been scrolling through my phone. And I wonder how much of my life I've missed because I have my, my head down. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and even little things like, I think sometimes you're out and about and you're on your phone and it's like, dude, you just missed an awesome sunset. Yes. (laughs) You know, life is so beautiful. And I'm a lot of the time just you know, wishing it away, looking at other people's lives and how sad, you yeah. know? But. Well, another thing I heard by, by Jordan Peterson, he was talking about wasting time and he's like, a lot of times you're watching, you know, whether you're watching videos on YouTube or you're on Instagram, he's like, you're watching stuff you don't even enjoy watching. Yes. You yes. just get into a weird zombie mode yes. and you're just scrolling, scrolling, yes. scrolling. And it's almost like, you're like, well, this content's not bad, whatever, whatever, but I want to yes. see something really cool or really interesting, yes. Yes. you know? And it's, have, like yeah. back in, it's like back in the day when, like, <laughs> nobody really surfs channels on TV anymore, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But you do that on Instagram oh, sure. and YouTube or whatever, yeah. or, or just or freaking TikTok. TikTok's right. the worst. Oh, it's the worst. Because yeah. they're funny or, like, yes. cool, interesting little videos, yes. and uh-huh. so you can... Watch it for two hours. Oh yeah, and just no, that one's dumb. That one's dumb. Oh, this one's funny. You're Ooh, this just one's waiting funny. for the next dopamine hit. Yeah, and you know that if you scroll long enough, you'll get another one. Yeah, yeah, you'll find you're something gonna, you'll interesting. Find something. Yeah. And I've found myself doing that when I'm like going to bed, and I'm like, I am so tired. I could just put my phone down and fall asleep, but I'm like, no, I want to find one more interesting uh, yes. sports clip. Something else is going to make me even more. I just need one more hit of like happiness right now. Like right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a weird little drug. Yeah, but um, weird. that's cool. That's a good goal. Um, anything else on the horizon? <sighs> no, that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you know, this it's was been awesome. A decade, yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so. it's a it's a fun way to um, not only connect with people and kind of get different people's insights, but also to reconnect with totally. with people. You know, I've had um, I've had people on here that I like, kind of dated for like a month, oh, like really? like. Eight years ago, <laughs> you know. And it's just fine, not awkward, huh? <laughs> well, usually they're married, so yeah, it makes so it fine. makes it's it a little fine. easier. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So thank you so well, much for yeah, coming thank you on. For having me, I appreciate it. Um, if you have any any teeth that need to be snuggled, hit up our girl, Tisha yes. <laughs> Miller. Come see me. <laughs> yeah. Do you um? Are you just a general? Yes, I'm a general dentist. Okay. Lexington Heights Dental. Okay. That's the spot. In, <laughs> That's in the Cedar spot. Hills. Cedar Hills. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I personally need, um, what do I need? I need, um, I need a crown. Do you do, do crowns? I do that. I do okay. That. <laughs> All right. We'll talk after the show. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank kay. you so yeah, much. Yeah, no problem. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, 
Uh, give us a follow on Instagram um, of Stone and Clay Podcast. Um, if you like the episode and don't hate me personally, uh, <laughs> feel free to send it to a friend, a lover, maybe your local dentist, um, somebody who needs to floss, whatever it is. <laughs> Thank you, and we will see you soon, and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.